Good morning, everyone. Uh, well, today, Pastor is going to be starting a six a part series called SOS God I need your help and during this time he's going to be talking about issues that we go through that oftentimes require us to put out that SOS distress signal to God so throughout this series I'm going to be sitting down with different people and they're going to be sharing stories with us related to the topic that's being discussed that Sunday morning uh, so the first topic that we're going to be discussing today is fear and I have with me Sean Sanseverino for those of you that don't know Sean is is our executive pastor. He's married to Krista, our co-worship pastor. Uh, she was the one on the stage with the cute headband this morning singing. And uh, they have three awesome kiddos. They have Eliana, who's in the second grade, and they have two foster boys, Julian and Jeremiah. And just a little bit about Sean, he is an avid cyclist. And when I asked him one of his favorite things to do, he says to hang out with people. So that definitely tells you a lot about his heart and where his passions lie. So Sean, I'm going to turn this over to you, and I want you to tell everybody about the timing year in Krista's life where you experienced fear and how um, God played a role in that? Yeah, um, so I can think of a time back in 2008 where Chris and I definitely sent, we've sent out a ton of SOSs to God through the years, but uh, where we sent out a, a really specific one. Um, to give you a little backstory, uh, when we started ministry training school, uh, we met a lot of incredible people and uh, Throughout the years, we had continued to dream with these same people. One of these days, uh, we can really see God using us to plant a church. And so um, we begin to see that as a God dream for us. Um, everyone says, find out your calling, get a dream. Well, that was our dream. And we'd been dreaming for 10 years to um, go out and plant this church with uh, people that we knew, people that uh, we didn't just know, but we knew their heart. We could almost finish statements for each other. We just knew each other so well. And so for us, it felt like that is what God has designed and destined us to do. And so we went out and did that. Um, we actually left Phoenix, Arizona uh, with a bunch of people and went to plant a church over in the Louisville area uh, here in Texas. And uh, man, it was amazing. It was exciting. Everything that we dreamed it was be, uh, would be, it, it was being that. And suddenly things took a bit of a turn. And Chris and I, about three years into the church plant, um, we started sensing something different in our hearts. And uh, the Lord had asked us to resign. And uh, we, also, we felt like uh, it was for uh, the health of our family and the health of our future. And um, the crazy thing in all that was we'd spent the last 10 years dreaming that we were going to do this. And we thought we were going to do that forever. And uh, it was almost like getting uh, just absolutely blindsided. Um, I told Carissa in the middle of all that, and don't worry, babe, we're going we're gonna to be in ministry somewhere in just a few months. Uh, the Lord knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, the crazy thing in the story is the day that I resigned, Carissa went into labor and we had Ellie. Um, so I'm saying that it was an early labor, uh, because things were super stressful for our family and, and making that decision, uh, because of all of the fears that were associated, uh, with doing something, uh, that we didn't foresee, uh, in our future. Um, <clears throat> it was one month went by, two months went by, three months went by, four months went by, and we were sending out applications, and we were talking to a lot of different pastors, thinking that um, we were going to be in ministry soon. And um, all of a sudden, it started settling in that this might be a season that we're going to be in. And um, Chris and I were listening to these crazy voices, um, and it's amazing how the enemy loves to lead you with fear. 
And here's what fear was saying. Fear was saying, fear was saying, you're done. God is done with you. Uh, fear was saying that you guys are damaged goods. Uh, no one's following up with you in the application process to be in any of these churches because you guys are no good anymore. <clears throat> and we really, we believe those voices. We, we did. We, we thought this was it. Um, we wondered uh, if we should have ever resigned that church. Uh, we, we, fear was coming in and, and he was saying, you made one decision that's going to mess you up forever. <clears throat> and uh, so it was in the midst of all that and all of the, the confusion, trying to figure out what God had for us, that fear was just love to be the leading voice in the conversation. So we have fear, we have being brand new parents, living somewhere that is very different from what you're used to, and having that aspect of those dreams just not coming to pass the way that you thought they were going to. But now you and Krista are very settled in a career here, very successful. So what did that transition, what did that process look like from going from that fear to now where you are today? When we finally just accepted where we were at, um, the Lord took us to the story of the Israelites in the desert. And uh, we began to realize that we were just simply in a season. Uh, We decided, okay, we can't look at um, what we think success is or isn't. Um, we also realized that um, during that time, we gained a lot of significance in who we are, were uh, from being in a position in ministry. And we realized that our first position is being a son and daughter of God. And that God cares more about Chris and I as Krista and as Sean And as the mom and daddy of Ellie and these boys who are with us right now, he cares more about us now and who we are as people than he ever will uh, about what we do for him. And so we just had to get back down to to ground zero, the foundation that we're sons and daughters of God. And that's really what began to carry us through that season. And so what advice or encouragement would you have for anyone in the room who's currently going through a season of fear? Yeah, I would say... um, First off, understand that nothing lasts forever, that everything is a season. And uh, when we were in it, it felt like it was going to be forever. And we just had to realize that it was just a season. And um, the Lord really challenged us to take our eyes off the natural. That doesn't mean putting your head in the sand, but that means choosing to believe God's reality for our future over what the enemy was trying to tell us. And God's reality was that we were called, we were designed, we were destined to operate in the function that he has called us, which is within uh, church leadership. And uh, with that, uh, we ended up uh, just a few months later in an incredible church, uh, uh, back doing what God designed and called us to do. But we needed to get healthy before we were ever going to be a part of anything because at that time in that season, we were no good for any church staff. We just had to get healthy. And when we did and we just focused on the real things, man, the, the Lord uh, has just begun to do exactly what he wants to do through us. Thank you, Sean. I want to thank you for being so vulnerable and being willing to share the experiences that you and uh, Krista went through in regards to fear. And it's really my hope that people who have heard your story, um, just even just the small snippet of what happened to that during, during that time in your all's lives, that they'll be encouraged and that they'll know that during that they can seek the Lord wholeheartedly and he will answer their call. Um, so I just want to thank you. Will you all join me in thanking Sean for sharing with us today? In 2 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse number 7, the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound 
mind. Well, today we began a brand new series called SOS. Now, the SOS signal was created and adopted as the Universal International Distress Signal in 1906. It is used for requesting help when loss of life or catastrophic events are imminent. The layman's term, SOS, simply means help. Well, our target for our first SOS message today, as you already know, is fear. Help me with my fears. So today I want to suggest four things about fear. The first thing I would like to suggest is, and that is fears are personal. Fears are personal. Everyone battles fear. Yes, everyone battles fear. And everyone's fears are different. They're different. You know, some people fear what might happen. You know, I might lose my job. I might get sick. Cancer runs in my family. I, I might be next. Wait, do I feel a lump? The stock market might crash. I might lose my retirement savings. Someone might mug me or break into my house and kill me while I'm asleep. I might get divorced. 50% of couples do. Worse yet, worse yet, my, my mate might poison me or something. <laughs> they they sure been watching a lot of Dateline recently. Some fear what might happen. Some fear what might not happen. I might not pass my test. I might not get into college. I might not be able to get a job after I graduate. I might not be able to find someone to marry. I might not get the promotion. I might not have what it takes to handle the promotion if I do get it. Some fear what might not happen. Some people fear what they can see. All the obstacles that stand in the way from where they are to where they are trying to go. Some people fear what they can see. Some people fear what they can't see. Bubba kept hearing strange noises that were coming from under his bed every night. So he sawed off the legs of the bed frame so that whatever was under the bed could not get out. Fears are personal. Everyone's fear is different. For me, the greatest fear I ever had to face showed up just after my greatest announcement of faith. On March the 26th, 1990, at 2 o'clock in the morning, I heard God speak these words into my heart, into my spirit. I heard these words, Harvest Time Church, Midland, Texas, Odessa Highway. I knew immediately that God was calling me to plant a brand new church from scratch in Midland, Texas. I was to locate it on the highway to Odessa. At that particular time, I had never been in the city of Midland. I boldly made the announcement. Oh, I was excited. I was pumped. I was filled with faith. I'm a type A personality. I like new. I like a challenge. Uh, I like to go charge the hill. I like to go conquer it. Don't tell me I can't do it. Don't tell me it cannot get done. 
I'm also a grinder. I just simply will not quit. But but soon after I made the grandiose announcement, reality came and knocked on my door. You're going to do what? You're going to do it where? And what do you think you're going to do it with? Look at where you are. Look at what you have. You have everything here. You have nothing there. Fear came, and not only did it knock on my door, but it pounded on it. Fear started questioning my faith. Are you sure that was God that spoke to you, or was that just a bad dream? What are you going to do for money? What if your wife and kid, what if they hate it out there and they end up blaming you? What if no one comes to your church? What if you fail? Who's going to want you then? Oh, here's the big one he kept saying, and that was you, you will never again have what you have now. Fears are personal. Everyone's fears are different. And everyone's fears are distorted. Satan plants a tiny little seed of fear in our heart, but then he fertilizes it and he waters it and he cultivates it. Satan takes what's going on in our life at the time and he, and he magnifies it and he blows it up all out of proportion. He takes a tiny bit of truth and he distorts it. The Bible says that Satan is the deceiver of the saints. We're sending out an SOS signal today. Help me, God. Help me, God. Help me with my fears. Not only are our fears personal, I would also like to suggest that fears can be paralyzing. They can be paralyzing. Fear can suspend your forward motion. You can be making great strides in a certain area of your life, and then all of a sudden fear raises its ugly head. And as soon as fear shows up, you stop on the brakes. Besides Jesus, Peter is the only man who ever walked on the water. And Peter did walk on the water. Until. Until? Until what? Until fear showed up. I mean, Peter was doing it. I mean, he was getting it done. I mean, I mean he was doing the moonwalk on top of the water. But all of a sudden, fear spoke to Peter, and fear said to him, what in the world are you trying to do, Pete? And Peter said, oh, oh, hey, what am I doing? I'm walking on the water, man. Can't you see what I'm doing? Man, this is cool, man. Watch me. And fear said, you can't do that. You can't do that. The law of gravity forbids you to do that. And fear suddenly took over in the life of Peter, and Peter became temporarily paralyzed. And suddenly Peter was unable to take even one more step, and down he went. Fear can be paralyzing. Fear can suspend your forward motion. And if allowed, if allowed, fear can stop you. It can stop you from fulfilling your God-given mission. When God spoke to me in 1990 to plant a brand new church in Midland, Texas, God only spoke to me once. 
Satan spoke to me every single day. And one day I was seriously considering aborting my mission. The mission just seemed overwhelming to me. See, one of my nicknames is Mr. Practical. That's what my wife calls me, Mr. Practical. And as I began to weigh the pros and the cons and the practicalities, two voices spoke to me. First, the Lord spoke to me again. And the Lord said to me, the Lord said, the devil will give you a good excuse not to obey me. If you don't want to go, if you don't want to obey me, I promise you the devil will give you a good excuse not to do it. The second voice came from my wife. And my wife said to me, she said, I only have one question for you. And the question I have for you is this. Did God speak to you? Did God say Harvest Time Church, Midland, Texas, Odessa Highway? Did God say that to you? I really wanted to lie and say no. (laughs) I said with all the faith I had, yes. She said, then it doesn't matter how we feel. It doesn't matter that we're scared. It doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense logically or economically. Our only choice is, are we going to obey God or are we going to disobey God? My wife and I ignored our fears and we went. And may I tell you that it was the best decision, uh, the best ministry decision we ever made up to that point in our life. I know this morning somebody here today desperately needs this message. You are, you are allowing your fear to paralyze you. Fear has already, it has already suspended your forward motion. And unless you conquer your fear today, your fear will literally stop you from fulfilling your God-called mission. Notice the third thing about fear. That is fears can be Perpetual. They can be passed on to our family and our friends. There are certain things in my life that I am very cautious about. Why? Because my father was. And he passed this trait on to me. My son is 42 years old. And he doesn't have... And I checked with him just last week. Not only that he doesn't have, nor has he ever had a credit card. He's 42 years old. He lives in America. America that lives on credit. And yet he's 42 years old, never has had, never and does not have to this day a credit card. Why? Why? Probably because he has heard his dad preach all of his life about the detriment of debt and the joy of debt-free living. We need to be very, very careful what we are passing on to our family and our friends. We should be very intentional in what we pass on to our family and friends. Fears can be perpetual. Not only only can they be passed on to our family and our friends, but also they can follow us into our future. The fear that causes us to flee 
will also follow us into our future. Unresolved issues will show back up with time. See, see, if Bill and Bob have a problem and Bill and Bruce have a problem and Bill and Blake have a problem, who's the problem? If you're constantly having issues, stop looking outward and start looking in the mirror. The greatest indicator of what a person will do is what they have done. If you don't conquer today's fear, it will also become tomorrow's fear. Hey, pastor, you said that fears are personal. You said fears can be paralyzing. You said fears can be perpetual. Don't you have anything positive for us today? Yes, I do. The fourth thing I want you to know about fear, and that is fears can be prevailed against. Paul wrote to Timothy in our scripture for today, and he said, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if you have a spirit of fear, if you are fearful, if it didn't come from God, where would it come from? Fear doesn't come from God. It comes from Satan. You say, Pastor, how do we conquer our fears? Well, let me give you two things that we must do. If we're going to overcome fear, if we are going to conquer the fear in our life, there are two things that we're going to have to do. The first thing we're going to have to do is we're going to have to face, face our fears. Face our fears. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, the very familiar story is recorded where David, a teenage shepherd boy, defeated a nine-foot giant named Goliath. In the story, we find that Goliath had challenged King Saul and any of his all-star soldiers to a fight. But fear paralyzed Saul, and it was passed down to his people. And so fear paralyzed Saul and all of his men, and not a single one of them were willing to go toe-to-toe with this giant. Even though they were trained for war, even though they were soldiers and trained for battle, Saul, nor anyone under him, was willing to fight the giant named Goliath. Fear, fear had paralyzed them and stopped them. And no one was willing to step up to the plate, and no one was willing, that is, until David showed up. Now, you need to understand that David was not a soldier. He had not been trained for battle. He was about 17 years old. He barely was shaving. Probably wasn't even a blade in his razor. He was nothing more than a shepherd boy. He was nothing more than an errand boy of his father. His father sent David down to check on his big brothers, his big brothers, his older brothers, his soldier trained battle kinds of brothers. David's dad sent David down and he sent him to see how the battle was going and he sent him, he sent him with an armload of bread and cheese. I guess they were going to have grilled cheese sandwiches. But when David got there, hear me now, when David got there, he didn't witness a battle at all. Man, I can imagine David before he left. I can imagine, man, in his little, you know, in his teenage mind thinking, man, this is going to be cool, man. I'm going to see somebody kill today. I'm going to see some blood and guts. I'm going to, man, I'm going I'm to I'm see a battle. 
But he gets there and doesn't see a battle at all. All he sees is his brother, his brothers and the armies of Israel and Saul hiding from the enemy. Write this down this morning. Goliath wasn't the biggest giant that showed up that day. Shamshay, he was nine feet tall. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm telling you, I'm telling you that Goliath was not the biggest giant that showed up that day. The biggest giant that showed up that day was the giant of fear. And understand this this morning. If we... if. It won't be the giants in our life that keeps us from our destiny. It will be our fear of the giants. Write this down this morning. God is bigger than our giants. I don't know what your giant is this morning. I don't know what it is that you're facing today. I don't know what it is that you're fearful of today. But I'm telling you that no matter how large, no matter how big, all that your giant seems to you, I'm telling you that you serve a God today that is bigger than your giant. The only way that we can prevail against our fears is if we do two things. First of all, we've got we to face our fears. David did. David said, David did. He, he, he said to his brothers and he said to King Saul, he said, he said, who is this ungodly giant that he would defy the armies of the living God? Who is this turkey and what's he saying? And what are y'all putting up with it for? David said, I'll go. David said, I'll fight him. Where's he at? Let me at him. David faced his fear. Two things we must do if we're going to overcome fear. The first one is we must face our fears. The second thing we're going to have to do if we're going to overcome the fear of our, in our life, we're going to have to face our fears. David did go toe-to-toe with the giant Goliath. David said to this giant, he said, you come to me with your sword, your spear, and your shield. You come to me with all of your might and all of your power and all of your expertise and all of your training. But David continued and he said, I come to you. I don't come to you in my own name. I don't come to you in my own authority. I don't come to you in my own, in my own power, in my own ability. David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord, in the power of his might. And today you're coming down, big boy. In fact, in fact, David said to Goliath, he said, before I'm done with you, you're going to be a headless giant. Afterwards, David wrote a book on how to get ahead. Let me ask you today, what's the name of your giant? What giant are you facing today? What, which giant has intimidated you and caused fear to arise in your heart. I ask you this morning, are you ready to face your fear and are you willing to face your fear? Are you ready to speak to your fear in faith and tell it to leave? The only reason why there is a church in Midland, Texas today called Harvest Time Church located on the highway to Odessa is because my wife and I faced our fears and we faced our fears. And I want to tell you something else. Not only, I'm not, I can't tell you that the moment I told my wife, yes, God did speak to me and we made the decision to go, I cannot tell you I, that the fear was gone. 
Because I can tell you that I dealt with fear every single day from the time I announced where I was going until the day I got there. Every single day I faced it. Every single day I had to conquer it. Every single day I had to face it. And every single day I had to face it. But I want to tell you that the most peaceful day of my life came. That nine months later when we drove into Midland, Texas with a, with a U-Haul and two cars and, 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 and my wife and my, and my son and my crying daughter. <laughs> Can I tell you that from the time... Uh, and, you know, if you, nine times out of ten, if we're taking two cars, she's going to hop in the car with Mama. But for whatever reason, when we loaded that U-Haul trailer in Elk City, Oklahoma, to drive to Midland, Texas, can I tell you that my daughter hopped into the truck with me? And can I tell you that from the time that we left Elk City, Oklahoma, until we pulled into Lubbock, Texas, my daughter had her face buried in my side. And I'm trying to drive this big truck, and she's got her face buried in my side. And she's not only crying. And she's weeping and she's wailing. She's, she's, she's afraid. She's fearful. She's, she's hurting. She don't know what's out there. She don't know. She knows what's back there. She knows what's comfortable. She knows what she knows, but she don't know what's out there. I want to tell you, I want to tell you that, that my daughter probably enjoyed Midland, Texas as much as any of the four of us, amen, in the, the time that we were there. And, but I want to tell you what happened the day that I drove in with that, with that U-Haul truck. I want to tell you there was something like something just lifted off of me. There was something that just came off of me. And I want to tell you the fear was forever gone. And from that day until the day that I left, I never had to face that kind of fear ever again. I'm telling you here this morning, I'm telling you there is some help for you today. Amen. God has not given you the spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of love and power and a sound mind. And I'm telling you, you come in here fearful today. You can, you can go out of here this morning with that lifted off of you. You can go out of here this morning with that cloud gone from off of you this morning. I mean, I'm telling you this morning that Jesus is here today and he's here to lift the load. He's here to take that spirit of fear off of you. Amen. It's not given by God. It's given by the devil. It doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong in your life. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we're going to see deliverance come in lives this morning. Well, give the Lord a shout of praise in his house today. Our takeaway this morning is this. No one lives life 100% free of fear. No one. No one lives life 100% free of fear. But God's people should not be controlled No one lives life 100% free of fear, but God's people should not be controlled by it. Father, I just pray today, God, that you'll take this word that has been shared today. No, No doubt in my heart, no doubt in my spirit. I know today, God, this message, Lord... Lord, it's meant for several specific people today. I I don't know who they are. I can't pick them out, and I might be surprised who they are. But, God, I just pray today, Lord, today, Lord, today, Lord, you're going to remove fear. We're We're going to overcome fear in the name of Jesus today.